Hello everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri and as always I'm joined by my co-host Taylor Wells. What's going on man? Not too much. Had a interesting week to be sure. Had a little uh, minor hospital trip just for, you know, the hell of it. You know, everybody needs to go once in a while I guess. But uh, uh, Basically, it. after our disagreement on masks last week, I flew I had to LA and I beat him up and put him in the hospital. Oh. That's some the people, story we're going with? We didn't agree on that. Some people were asking me if we were on speaking terms after that episode. Um, definitely to, not. To them, I said, yeah, to them, I said, no way. But we never are outside of the show. That's true. Also, very true. That's very true. Uh, so we've got a very spooky show for you this week. It is Halloween! We're pretty close to Halloween, and we're going to be talking about scary stuff. We're going to be talking about scary Zelda moments. Scary... Zelda enemies, Halloween games in general. But first, uh, we just wanted to actually take a moment to give a shout out to a new series that we got going on up on the site right now. Speaking of spooky, it is a murder in Castletown, a murder mystery written by Zelda Dungeon's own Rod Lloyd and Cat Vadam. Make sure that you go check that out. Uh, first two chapters are out, and by the time that you are listening to this, the whole shebang should be out and published. So I'm following along right now. I've been reading and trying to piece together the clues and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure I know who did it. Oh, yeah? But I'm not 100% sure yet. I think it's going to be Ruto. I think she did it. I well, voted for her every week. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Ruto. Um, so definitely make sure you check that out. The premise is, of course, super simple. The king of Hyrule has been murdered. And Link is the only man for the job. Detective Pikachu is busy. So Detective Link steps in. He's got to find out who did it. We have a list of suspects. Um, they are all the all the people from Ocarina of Time are are being questioned right now. We don't know what's going on, who did it. Make sure you head over to ZeldaDungeon.net. Check out this series because it's been uh, really good so far. I wonder how Detective and I can't Pikachu would go about right. this. Uh, well, he would, he would probably drink... You know, he'd he'd be double fisting. In one hand, he'd have a have a cup of coffee. The other hand, he'd have a cup of lawn lawn milk. He'd probably mix them up, and then he would get to the truth. Huh? He wouldn't get distracted at all. No, what would he get distracted about? Well, he seems like if you were an electrical mouse being stuck in the middle of of Clocktown, or not Clocktown, Castletown. Wouldn't you get a little distracted? Like, there's so much going on there. We've got the dancing couple. We've got all the mini games going around. We've got the giant Hyrule Castle and all the guards to avoid. Although he wouldn't, I guess, because he's on mission. But still. No, Detective Detective Pikachu is a professional. He, he Even if there's up. great fairies involved. Well, he might shock the great fairies. It's not gonna. It's not gonna take away from his detective prowess. I have no doubt. That if Detective Pikachu was on the scene, he would find the culprit even faster than Detective Link. But maybe Oof, there's a team a up somewhere down the line. That could be good, right? That could be really interesting, actually. See see how uh, Link has to wrangle in the Pikachu. We are slowly falling off the rails here, so we're gonna we're gonna get over to some Zelda talk. So Taylor, last week we had our uh, our grading the masks in Majora's Mask. And we left it on a cliffhanger, what our A-plus game was going to be. And I hate to say we didn't really make any uh, any progress. We threw up a poll, of course, all everybody voted for the Fierce Deity mask because it's a cool mask 81%. to vote for. 
81. Now, now, of course, of course, people voted for that because it's the more obvious, more cool looking mask. So you know what? I'm going to say whatever. We don't have an A plus mask. We're just going to have A masks. So take that. And you know what? Since I didn't actually read off last week what our final rankings were, I'm going to take like one minute right now and read it off. So in, in very last place, in last of the last place was the Blast Mask. We gave that an F. And someone on Twitter actually said that that was their favorite mask. Do you remember seeing that? I did. And I, I strongly suspect that that was sarcasm. I, I can't it, it honestly picture anybody picking that mask as being their favorite mask. Oh, it's it's great. The design is so awesome, and you, you just blow stuff up. So useful. Oh, who doesn't like the blast mask? So that was a big F right there. That was last place. The D-grade masks, or the Mask of Sense, Circus Leader's Mask, C-grade, the Great Fairy's Mask, Cafe Mask, Postman's Hat, Captain's Hat, Giant's Mask, and the Deku Mask, which is ridiculous. You're ridiculous. That B-grade mask is terrible. B-grade masks. The Bremen mask, Keaton mask, uh, Don Garrow's mask, Garrow's mask, Stone mask, All Night mask, and the Goron mask. Our A's are Kamoro mask, Bunny Hood, Mask of Truth, Romani's mask, the Gibdo mask, Zora's mask, Fierce Deity, and Couples mask. So there you go. There's our final grade. Maybe we'll bring in an extra panel at, at some point to help us uh, figure out definitively what the greatest mask in that game is. Because we tried, but we couldn't do it. I would absolutely be curious to see what Kevin or uh, Gooey would have to say about that. So let's move on to a question that was posed to us, which I thought was really interesting. If you could design a mask in Majora's Mask, or like in, in Zelda, and let's say that this mask gave you uh, special abilities... What would your mask be, and what would it do? Now, if you don't mind, I'm actually going to go first, because you have a much more elaborate, thought-out answer than me. But I was thinking very practically. I would design a mask that would allow you to capture pose more easily. Maybe you'd just call it the pose mask, for lack of a, a better term. So, this would be more useful in, like, an Ocarina of Time than a Majora's Mask. But, you know when you're trying to catch all the pose in Hyrule Field, and, like, they... You have about three seconds to shoot at them before they run away. What if, what if you put this mask on and then not only did they not run away, but they actually gravitated towards you and then bam, one, one sword stab later and you've got that Poe. What do you think about that? That could be pretty interesting. I wonder how that would work in the forest temple when you're fighting the four Poe sisters. I, I feel like, I feel like the Poe sisters would probably be immune to that. But, I mean, like, the regular Joe Schmo pose, I think they'd fall for it. Could make getting that heart piece a whole lot easier, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and that's pretty much my, my thoughts exactly. Or, like, in a Twilight Princess, too, I guess they don't necessarily run away from you in that game, but maybe it could just make detection a little bit easier. Like, it could uh, it could lead you towards their location a little bit more. Because, they're obviously, Twilight Princess is a much bigger map, and it's... it's the locations of all the different poses are, are so spread out. So there could be a couple them, cool uses for this. Lure them out of hiding, maybe? Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So that, that would be my idea. And I know it was, it was more of a practical answer rather than a uh, really cool and creative answer. But that's, it's still that's all I got. But one. 
it's it's fun. It's useful. I think that it would be a a well served mask. But you take this idea to the whole next level. A little bit. I I will say that your idea is definitely um, it's definitely in line with I think how Majora's a lot of Majora's masks were were developed. Um, so I like it. I, I I'd wear that one. Um, right. for my idea, <laughs> mine kind of snowballed. Really, I was I was thinking of. I was trying to think of like uh, both one that was practical and one that was kind of cool, like story related. So I was thinking originally we would have a mask like maybe called the monster mask or something like that. Kind of maybe a unique design. I, I don't know how it would look, but it would allow you to essentially uh, walk up to like any of the monsters in Majora's Mask and kind of talk to them. So there are a bunch of masks in this in Majora's Mask that allow you to talk to people or talk to things. Like you can talk to animals with with some mask. You can talk to the toads with the Dongaro's mask. And I was thinking the same idea for the monster mask. But then I thought, well, what if you could get Majora's mask at the end of the game? So you beat you beat Majora, and then when your save file starts over, you mysteriously have Majora's mask in your inventory. And this mask would kind of Combine that idea I just spoke, but also you learn a new song that when you play this song teleports you to like a mini dungeon. And then there you play as Majora, and then you have like a kind of like a dreamlike link and you have to stop him from from beating the dungeon. I don't know. It it's way out I'm there. With you so far. It's it's way out there, but I think it would be kind of like a fun little thing that because if if we look at Majora's Mask, it's one of the shorter Zelda games, for especially for the 3D versions, and I think definitely in terms of dungeons. Yeah, so wouldn't it be cool if like there was kind of and, and Zelda as a whole tends to lack post game content, so I was thinking, what if what if Majora's Mask could kind of serve that purpose? You you acquire it and you kind of have some fun little things you can do after the game by uh, by putting it on. I would, I would like that. You know what that kind of gets me thinking of is similar to um, Link's Awakening DX, where you have the color dungeon. Mm. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like an added extra thing. So yeah, that, it sounds like kind of the same premise, but I, I really like that. I think, uh, I think that the Majora's Mask, like basically anything to get inside the head of Skull Kid, Majora's Mask, to see what's going on there, is something that I'm. You know, gonna be all for. Yeah, I. I, so I think your answer was way cooler than mine. I, I gotta say. <laughs> well, I, I thought about it uh, on a long drive to the market, and so had a lot of a lot of time to kind of let it let it let it roll, as it were. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna keep on rolling here, and we're gonna be talking about everything scary, everything Halloween in Zelda. Um, so I first first of all, before we say this, I just want to say. You're going to see a featured image for this week, and it's going to have a jack-o'-lantern with a Triforce design on it. That's mine. I made that. It's not perfect, but I'm kind of proud of it, so whatever. So that's that's very that's Zelda Halloween kicking us off the right way right there, I think. I thought it looked pretty good. I mean, I couldn't do that. It, it could have looked a lot worse, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've seen my, my fiance made a jack o' lantern and it was like infinitely better looking than mine. But you know, it's kind of hard to make all those like little cuts and stuff like that um, in a jack o' lantern, especially like because your knife only you know you can't do curves or anything like that. It's, it's it's pain in the butt. So I think it turned out pretty good. 
All right, so I'm going to throw out this question to you, Taylor. Let's talk about let's talk about some enemies and let's talk about some moments in Zelda. From your recollection, what do you think is the scariest or most unsettling moment in Zelda? Hmm. That's uh that's a good question, honestly. I think I think hands down I kind of have to go with um in Ocarina of Time, when you go to Kakariko Village after becoming a kid again in order to get the Lens of Truth, you've got to go into this well, and it's just, it's nothing but, like, dank, dark, creepy, illusory walls everywhere, illusory floors just falling in random places if you're just exploring around. You know, there's... All sorts of creepy enemies. You've got Redeads. You've got Flying Skulls. But, oh man, the creepiest of creepy creepies is when you walk into that one room to get the Lens of Truth and you encounter this thing. And it is the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in a Zelda game. And... As a, was I? I was like eight years old at this time. So, <laughs> as an eight-year-old, encountering this thing was the fuel of nightmares, and that's the dead hand. For any of you who weren't following along, it is the dead hand. It is by far the creepiest monster to me, the most scariest monster to me, and it was the scariest moment in Zelda. He is he is very visually disturbing. Have you ever seen the movie Pan's Labyrinth? Uh, no. I've always wanted to, but I, I never did. If I were to talk about that creature, the pale-looking creature with the eyes in his hands, would you know what I'm talking about? Oh! He's on the cover of Pan's Labyrinth? Isn't he supposed to be, like, death or whatever? Something something kind of along those lines. Uh, okay. he, he was, like, really, really creepy. And this guy actually reminded me of Dead Hands from Ocarina of Time when I watched it for the first time. Very unsettling, very creepy. Emphasis on hands. The the little hands that shoot out in that room are definitely just like, uh, uh. And, and like when I, whenever I fight him, even mostly still to this day, I'll let those hands grab me to lure him over. Yeah. And it's just like it's the most unsettling feeling when that hand is grabbing you, and he's just like slowly slugging his way over, and he's about to like eat you or something like that I, I i don't know he looks he just looks like this gross combination of oogie boogie and the pale man from pan's labyrinth and it's just so it is very very unsettling and on top of that if you pay attention to link when he's being grabbed by those hands he's just like struggling for dear life like he knows that shit is about to go down and mm-hmm. you're just not gonna yep. want to be a part of it so I have I have a few moments that stick out to me for just unsettling. Maybe maybe unsettling is the better word rather than scary. But um and I know that we some people kind of make fun of this moment now, but at the time when it happened, I remember playing Twilight Princess and the scene where Link is dreaming and he meets the three dark links and then Ilya's there and her eyes have no pupils and then you know, she's got a knife. That was some scary stuff, or just very disturbing, unsettling stuff. Yeah, they're talking about how these others apparently like came and tried to steal 
Was it Steel of the Triforce or was it Steel of the Power of the Twilight? It, I, I can't I can't remember because actually every time I've played Twilight Princess lately, I've had to skip all the cutscenes. Oh, but um, the speedrunners curse. Thank you, thank you, Zelda Marathon. Um, but I just remember the one thing that I distinctly remember is the eyes and how nobody had any pupils. Pupils, yeah. and and it was just like super super unsettling. And I I know that there's people out there that maybe thought that it's a little bit cheesy, and in retrospect, it kind of is. But like, man, like the first time you see that where she's got the the knife and you know you're slow motion running trying to escape and it's just this very surreal kind of uh sequence and very very disorientating and i remember when that was over i was just like what did i just watch because it felt so unzelda like to me like it just it doesn't it didn't feel like something that you'd see in a zelda game it felt like something you'd see in like a psychological thriller or something like that it definitely felt a little out of place um, to me. Like lo- looking back on that, on that scene, like yeah, Twilight Princess was a pretty dark, at least in terms of like environment, and some of its themes were were a little, <laughs> a little darker than usual. But all mm-hmm. in all, like that that when that scene happens, it's just like I I get it that it's it's, it's a story being told and why you know, kind of these things exist, but I I just, it was so weird. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. It's just like out of left field. So I have, I have another one that I wanted to talk about too. One of the most unsettling moments to me. And unsettling, I guess, is the right word, but also, I, I let me just paint the picture. You've been fighting Skull Kid for what seems like forever. You're finally ready to confront him. You're going to the to his evil lair, to the moon. Who knows what depths of hell you're about to ascend into. And it is this serene, peaceful field with a beautiful tree. Sun is shining. I remember getting there and just being like, what is going on? This feels so wrong. It, it, like, this, this shouldn't be like that. And all the children, you know, prancing around asking you to play with them. It was very, very creepy. It really if makes they could have had like, if if they could have had like, you know, in horror movies when you go and there's like kids singing songs and stuff like that, and it's yeah. like hella creepy. If they would have had that, that would have just been perfect. That would have been the icing on the cake. One, two, Majora's coming for you. Actually, you know what's funny? I I went and saw that movie last night in the cheap theaters. Oh really? I did. Yeah, it's uh, which it has which an age version? Well, but my God, it's a classic. The very first Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, so good. Yeah, they're playing old uh, Halloween movies at the local theater, so we went and checked it out. But um, no, seriously, if they would have had like the kids, you know, one, two, Majora's coming for you. I mean, that would have fit right in. I it's probably like, would have turned off my game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super unsettling that you know you're. It kind of just completely flips your expectations right on their head about what is going on, and I think that that really added to that final moment and it's just another example of how Majora's Mask is so so different and it's so like risky I guess like it it again just took it it could have been a very a very easy sequel to Ocarina of Time you know it could have could have coasted on Ocarina of Time and it still would have probably been a great game but the fact that it just like 
takes that game and flips it inside out and turns it on his head. I think, like, it's just it's so Majora's Mask. It's such a great moment. I think I would say that's one of the top Zelda moments ever. I Not just in terms agree. of like unsettling, but the, so those those were the ones that I wanted to talk about. The icing on the cake for that moment too, I think, too, was like the conversations with all the the kids. So when you go mm-hmm. up to each of them to give them your masks, if if you've got them all, and you're doing all the mini dungeons, and then you're talking to Majora himself, like just the conversations in where he's speaking, kind of like almost in riddles, but it's it's so unnerving. And then you you think about what he's actually saying, and kind of like the meaning behind you know, getting, as you said, like when I was talking about how if we were able to put on Majora's Mask and kind of do stuff after the game and you're saying is like, you know, any chance to get behind, you know, Majora's Masks, uh, Majora's Mask and then, you know, get behind his thinking, it, that was kind of our window into it and it seemed very, oh, odd is not even the right word. It's like, it's in, it was absolutely fascinating. It was mysterious and trying to figure out why why he's saying the things he's saying. There's just something very disturbing about it. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And there were and like there are many meanings. There are many possible meanings to what he was what he was trying to say to Link. I think. Not really a scary moment, I guess, but something maybe just to throw out there too. Navigating the uh, the dark forest in Breath of the Wild was was kind of creepy. Or it wasn't even a forest, actually, was it? It was just. Uh... It was Just Breath of the Wild's section. version of the Lost Woods, and yeah. no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the Lost Woods. It was the uh, the Shrine Quest where it was everything was completely dark. Oh, um, it was it was right above uh, Hyrule Castle. Uh, Mossy's is going to kill me for not remembering what this is, but uh, it, either way, you, it, there was no light whatsoever, and uh, that was a pretty that was kind of creepy. Yeah, n- never quite knowing what was going to be coming up next. Uh, I mean, something I, about not being qualifies. able to see is just inherently creepy. Yeah. So, other other than than Dead Hands, who we know is your uh, ultimate scary enemy, disturbing enemy, who else in the Zelda series just creeps you out, enemy wise, and not uh, not just moment wise, but just like everything about their design, their actions, everything about them. Who comes uh, to mind for you? It's hard to get worse than Dead Hands for me, um, but if he's not an option, then I have to probably go with... I mean, I would say Majora, just because like everything about that guy is just creepy. You don't know... like It's Skull Kid, but it's also this unknowing mask creature entity that is kind of controlling him and and you know making him do these un- unthinkable evils and just screwing with everybody's lives and turning turning skull kids like normal pranks into potentially lethal uh occurrences so if i could pick majora i'd pick majora but if i can't pick majora then i'd say either redeads or gibdos yeah, Redeads are pretty creepy. Just the scream that they make is, is pretty awful. Yeah. And the I'm fact gonna, that they, I'm like, grab you, wrap out. themselves around you, and they just start, like, hump-killing you, it's really weird and disturbing. 
Yeah, they kind of do the vampire bite on your neck. Yeah. They, they walk like zombies, but then when they get close, they're deceptively fast. You know who actually, I wasn't, this wasn't going to be my answer, but I've always hated like likes. Those big, uh, <laughs> blobby, creepy things, God. I Those are suck you up and eat your but equipment. The 3D like likes. 2D like likes aren't that bad, but there's something about seeing the 3D motion and how they just, their bodies are waving in and out, and it's. Ugh. Um, yeah. Nothing. Nothing is worse than getting swallowed by that. But I feel like Dead I Hands is like this. an evolution of that. Like a like like yeah, that maybe. evolved. That wouldn't, su- that wouldn't surprise me to see like likes in those room while you're uh, while you're fighting it. I raise you this though. There is not even an enemy, but an entity that transcends timelines, that has no origin. He is just there. He shows up and asks for paper. I'm talking about the hand in the toilet. Yes. This guy's he's very he's very unsettling. It's, it's just a hand and he lives in a toilet. I mean, is it was it one of, you know, Dead Hand's hands that he that he fired? He went to the bathroom and then he never he never came back or something like that. He's a very friendly very unsettling hand, enemy. Though. He is he's very he's very friendly. I mean, not to take away from him. He's a nice guy. He gives you some heart pieces, but uh you know, what do you what are you doing in the toilet, bro? Yeah, I, I'm not sure how I would react in real life if I went into my bathroom and all of a sudden this hand just popped out and said, Hey, bro, got some teepee? Oh, my God, that would be... I mean, <laughs> probably shit yourself. <laughs> it would You're probably there for that already. It would definitely be a story to tell your kids, that's for sure. So, yeah, that guy's always... Uh, he's always just creeped me out a little bit. Like, what exactly, you know, are you are you doing here, pal? Um, Is there more to like, you? Like, like... Like likes the hand in the toilet and tingle. Those are the enemies that that make me the most uncomfortable. Oh man, something inherently disturbing about tingle. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about let's talk about like horror elements in Zelda. I feel like there is a bunch of times where Zelda kind of walks the line between you know being a Zelda game, but also having like a little bit of more like a horror game element. Um. Would you ever want to see it go like full blown? Like to me, to me, there are times that you know you if you just added a little bit extra, you'd have like Zelda Resident Evil almost. I mean, when you're in the the Yeti's mansion, that's that's kind of creepy. When you're in beneath the well, when you're in Iconic Canyon, like those those to me are are, are like they're close to to the point there where you know if you were to add in a couple scares and stuff like that, like that could be like a pretty decent maybe side title title or something like that like I don't, I don't know like what do you what do you think about that and incorporating more elements like that into zelda series is that like is that something that you'd ever be interested in seeing i've actually written a couple of daily debates regarding this uh this very topic and i i agree i think that horror could do very well in zelda they've already experimented with it a number of times and in each of those instances i felt that it was done pretty superbly you know i don't think there were any moments of those in which i was wondering myself is like why is this here like it was usually led into very well it was explained at least somewhat decently and you know in the moment i was like oh whoa this is this is really cool outside of dead hands and i'm just like what the hell is that but i i i kind of want to see more 
horror. Like there's, uh, I I do I've talked about this a lot, and where uh, one of my one of my favorite games um, of all time right now is Bloodborne, and it's a game in which you're basically thrown into this kind of dreamlike world where you're not sure what is reality and what's the hunter's dream and what's not. And it involves a whole bunch of things that draw from the Cthulhu mythos. So if you've ever read like H.P. Lovecraft's books, it's very, very uh, along that line. And I've always wondered if Zelda could kind of do something not not the same, but similar in which, like, kind of the explanations of, say, maybe a monster, maybe uh, a boss, like Majora even, could fit kind of well into that sort of realm. And I, I just think it would be really cool to see, really be fun to to kind of explore and and interact with. I'm down with that. Yeah, I, I would... Um... Haunted house levels are always like some of my favorite levels in in video games and stuff like that, like in Mario and in um, you know Donkey Kong, all all that other stuff where you go into the kind of creepy old mansions and stuff like that. I I would be in favor of seeing a more um, spooky esque Zelda title, even if it wasn't scary necessarily, even if it was like a two D game kind of that had that kind of aesthetic to it or feel. I think that would be really cool. Um, and I think that it could work. Like, I think that Zelda, like, again, it, it walks that line. So I think all it needs is a little push. And it could be it could be pretty creepy. Definitely. So, hey, I'd, I'd, I'll try anything. I'll try anything once. So I'd play yeah. that. Absolutely. I am totally down. So we got Halloween in a couple days here. Of course, what better time to play scary games and spooky games than right now? Taylor... Let's let's go back and forth here and tell our listeners about some of our favorite ever Halloween games. I've got a few. You've got a few. Let's kick it off. What do you got, buddy? What's one of your What's your favorite game to play October thirty first? Um. So okay. Nor normally I, while I enjoy horror and stuff like that, I, it's not like my biggest thing. I'm not I'm not quite like Mossy's or Goo and and my horror. Uh, love but there are some really good horror games out there some really good horror movies out there and i think uh one of my one of my favorite horror specific genre games would probably be fatal frame 2 now this was a game that was released in 2003 for the ps2 and the xbox it was then re-released on the wii um and it was it was really really creepy so you play as um is this girl named Mio Am- uh, Amakura, and she's got a twin sister, Mayu, who kind of explores with you. And you go to this, like, really creepy, abandoned, haunted village. And it's like a ghost town. And you got to go through there and figure out what the hell is going on. And throughout the course of the game, not only do you find out, like, the true horrors and atrocities that were committed there, but you're also you're engaged by these ghosts and spirits who continually not just attack you, but also try and use you and your twin sister as a sacrifice for this dark ritual. And it's utterly creepy, incredibly horrifying at times. And get this, 
Your only weapon in this game is a damn camera. Yeah, think about that for a moment. So the only thing you have to defend yourself against the utmost horrors in, in J-horror, in Japanese horror, is a damn camera. Good luck. Good luck, everybody. Don't you have a flashlight, too? Or is uh, that part of the camera? I, uh, yes, you do have a flashlight. And it the flashlight really isn't... It, it's helpful because it allows you to obviously see in the, in the darker places, but... Yeah, like when it comes to the ghosts and things like that, the only option you have is your camera. Now, granted that you can upgrade your camera with a bunch of things. Like you, there's um, there's a couple of upgrades. Like you can uh, put something in your camera to, that allows you to basically slow ghosts and, and enemies down when you take a picture of them, uh, allowing you to get you and your sister to get away. So there's some cool things like that. But like when it comes down to it, you got your camera, your sister, and that's about it. <laughs> Um, correct me if I'm wrong. There's there was a Wii U. Was it a port of Fatal Frame, or was it like a new Fatal Frame uh, for there, Wii U? There was or am a, I just totally off? There was a remake of the game called uh, Project Zero Two Wii Edition. It was only released in Europe and Japan uh, for the Wii, and that was in 2012. Uh, Project Zero is the name for Fatal Frame in Japan, so it's uh, it's known as Fatal Frame. That's kind of cool. I've always wanted to play that game. I've heard great things about it. It's it's an amazing game. It's one of the scariest games I've ever played. Fatal Frame 2 is. The first Fatal Frame was also really good. It was also pretty creepy and scary. But Fatal Frame 2 uh, is is my all-time favorite in that series. I don't think that Halloween games have to be necessarily scary, which is which is funny because that's obviously what you think of. My favorite Halloween game isn't scary at all, actually. It's more so funny. It's a, it's a little RPG called Costume Quest. Hmm. And uh, you, you play as these kids trick-or-treating, and... Basically, monsters have invaded your little town, and they're stealing all of the candy and stuff like that. So, you got to go fight them. Now, the cool thing about this game is you're trick-or-treating, and you can find different components to make different costumes. So, each costume has three parts, and if you find three parts, you can equip that costume. And then, when you get into battle, you turn into your costume. So, for example, you have, like, a robot costume, or you have a pirate costume, or you have, uh, like conquistador costume whatever you can turn into that guy and you have special moves based on whatever so the robot will have this big like gatling gun that'll smush all the monsters and stuff like that it's it's very very cute and very charming um and it's surprisingly deep game too there's lots of uh there's lots of like upgrades and stuff that you can get to like really customize how you fight it's just like it has all of the halloween tropes in it which i think is just like super cute you know there's there's mini games of like bobbing for apples and if you if you go and trick-or-treat with at the wrong house you'll get a monster that opens a door and you have to fight him all of the different costumes that you can get um all of the parents in this game don't believe that there's any monsters so of course all the kids have to team up and fight them it's just it's super adorable um and its sequel costume quest 2 is just as good and that game evil dentists come in and steal all the candy in this this time around so it's just like it's super super charming and it's uh it's not a very long game it'll probably only take you like 10 hours to beat or so but it's just like it kind of embodies everything that you know halloween is it's got the the fall leaves it's got other kids walking around trick-or-treating it's got a very a very fun art style to it it's it's a great game it's uh, i don't think it's available on switch yet the first one might be i could be wrong but uh it's definitely on 
other consoles and stuff like that. So if you're if you're looking to spend, you know, a couple bucks, I'd go check that out. Uh, it's a great game too to like play with kids. I I wanted to uh, sit down and play that game with my fiance, who's not a very big gamer at all, and uh, and do that for Halloween. So it's it's uh, it's a really kind of cute and charming game that everyone should check out if they're into the the Halloween games. I don't know, man. A town without candy seems pretty scary to me. And so that's actually your currency in that game too, is candy. So every time you beat monsters, you find you get candy. You can find candy hidden in other places and stuff like that. Um, it's just like it's super, super adorable. Like everything about this game just just works, and it's so like every every Halloween cliche that you can think of is in this game, and it's perfect. That seems absolutely like one of the best games to play during Halloween. I'm gonna have to check it out. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Let's talk about a few more Halloween games, though. Okay. Um, maybe just let's freestyle some other games to play that we'd like to play Halloween. Of course, we can't talk about playing scary games without talking about Luigi's Mansion. Oh, yeah. That, that's Either one. Classic. Great games. Great games. Um, I I just I love like I said I love the haunted house you know kind of theme and aesthetic. Uh, I think like Luigi's Mansion is so funny because Luigi's just such a wimp, and it's such a like. I think it's a very underrated adventure game. Like there's there's lots of collectibles, lots of smart puzzles, lots of lots of great music too actually. That's another thing that's underrated about Luigi's Mansion. It's just like again, it's just one of those games that's so charming that it's impossible for me not to love. And it's so also I'll probably I haven't picked up the new Luigi's Mansion yet, but I I think I will. You also kind of have to think of it in terms of like this is also Nintendo we're talking about and they're not quite exactly known for delving into the super, super dark or super, super, you know, horror-esque kind of stuff that, you know, many other developers don't don't necessarily shy away from. And when they do dip their toes into it, they do it really well, such as what we were talking about with Zelda. And then we've also got Luigi's Mansion and... You know, it mm-hmm. just because just because it isn't marketed to be like you know the gory, scary, uh, in-your-face horror that you know is pretty common to the genre doesn't make it bad. No, oh, I think it, I think it really adds to it. It's just you know, no, they don't have the scare tactics, they don't have the gore, but they like the aesthetic, the uh, the comedy of it. It's just it's perfect. It's like kind of a mix between Ghostbusters and Casper, the friendly ghost. Except yeah. there are no friendly ghosts. They're all unfriendly. That's a fantastic way of describing it. Yeah, I love Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, along those lines where we're not talking about, you know, necessarily scary per se games, but kind of fit the theme, is a little game I like to call Castlevania Lords of Shadow. It's, uh,. <laughs> part of the long-running Castlevania series. It is also, I believe, the first game in the Castlevania series to debut on the previous generation consoles. So that'd be the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and Microsoft Windows. Um, and it was really, really interesting because you get to play as the Lord of Shadow himself, Dracula. And throughout the game, it kind of it reminds me a lot of um, uh, the God of War series. So if you've ever played God of like God of War one through two, or one and two, and then the PSP games, it plays kind of similarly to that as well as um, 
oh man, the name's escaping me. Uh, it's actually a series that Mossies and and Goo are pretty into. Uh, Darksiders. Yes, plays very. It plays a little bit like Darksiders as well. And so, if you haven't gotten the picture already, it's an action adventure game. He plays Dracula. Um, and you go through and you kind of explore his side of the story. So a lot of the times in Castlevania, we've been kind of taking the frame point of Simon and the other Belmonts. And it, it's nice to kind of kind of see the perspective from Dracula's point of view and see that he's actually not really all that bad of a guy. Um, it plays very well. It's got platforming and puzzles, just like the original Castlevania titles. You use a, your main weapon is uh, the combat cross, which ter- is both a me- melee weapon and like this area of, of effect whip weapon. Uh, you can also use a bunch of different magic and things like that. You, a bunch of characters that are familiar to the series make appearances. And last but not least, you get to fight against Satan. So if you haven't already, definitely check this game out. It's a lot of fun. I don't know about that. I love Castlevania, but those I, I'm a Metroidvania kind of guy. Mm. Symphony of the Night is all is my jam. You turn it to the bat, the wolf, all that good stuff. I love that game. I think I think if you I gave it you, a chance, you would like it. You could really argue like Castlevania as a series is just almost every installation um, is is a is an appropriate Halloween game. Yeah, absolutely. This one's just my favorite because I like to play as Dracula. That, I've always wanted that out of the Castlevania games, and this is, you know, this gave me my opportunity to do it in full 3D with pretty pretty great graphics. And the voice actor who voices him is amazing. Yeah, I I don't know. I just it's hard for me to get behind the uh, the the non Metroidvania Castlevanias. It's just a uh, that block in my head that just doesn't excite me about it well here's the last sure thing that, that might game, excite though. you this game was produced by hideo kojima i mean that's pretty cool you know speaking of there's some pretty creepy moments in metal gear solid oh absolutely that that we could get into but let's not i want to talk about one last game before uh, we wrap things up here i wasn't good to talk about this game but it, it popped up to me actually while we were talking and i remember being thoroughly creeped out by it it was for the nintendo gamecube and it's a game called eternal darkness sanity's requiem this was made by Silicon Knights, came out in, uh, I think, October 2002. And on the surface, it's kind of like a Resident Evil clone-esque game. Instead, in this game, you play as about a dozen different people over different periods in time. And this game is really famous for its sanity effects. So every time you see a monster, your sanity goes down. You have a sanity meter and whatnot. And different effects start happening to you as your sanity goes down. And the kicker about this is it's not just it's not just effects in-game. So obviously you'll see things that aren't there, you'll imagine yourself dying, but another thing that happens too is like you'll be in a room and all of a sudden it'll pop up and say like controller is disconnected and you can't move and then enemies kill you and then flash, you're actually in that room and, and that didn't happen. Or famously, this game has an effect where it'll come up and say like, deleting memory card save file data and, and you're just like oh my god it's deleting everything that's on my you know memory card like how do i stop this and a ton of people i remember yanked their memory cards out or stories of them yanking their memory cards out of their gamecube and stuff like that so it's like very fourth wall breaking stuff and it was a it's a really interesting 
story and it just had such a cool premise behind it that uh i i really i I wish that i still had this game because i'd love to play it again but i remember loving it back in the day that sounds a lot like the boss fight in Metal Gear Solid with Psycho Mantis. And in fact, if I remember correctly, Silicon Knights also did the port of that game, Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes. You do remember correctly, yes. There's actually, if you look in the Twin Snakes in some of the lockers, there's pictures of Pius Augustus, who is the main villain of Eternal Darkness. Very interesting. I wonder how much of that that boss fight with Psycho Mantis would have influence them in the creation of that game because 2002 yeah Metal, Metal, Metal Gear Solid came out in 1997 98 uh, 98 yeah yeah so it's it was quite a time and I it sounds a lot like Silicon Knights have had or have been fairly influenced by Kojima's work so I'd be curious um probably yeah it's it's definitely got that same kind of vibe to it and it's uh it's a really it's a really cool game. It's a little bit harder to find nowadays. So um So it's for the original you know, if game. You're lucky enough, no, it was for GameCube. GameCube, okay. It, it was like a full on three D title, like um um very Resident Evil esque style. Well, Except obviously you moved a little bit better. I'm than, definitely gonna have to try <laughs> than and find the first this Resident game. Evils. So yeah, it was it was really cool. I I liked it a lot. Um Unfortunately, it was it was kind of overshadowed by Metroid Prime very quickly because it came out about a couple weeks before Metroid Prime came out, so everybody kind of forgot about it. But it's a really great game. Ouch. Release Windows, man. Yeah. Um, so that's going to do it for us this week on the Champions cast here, Taylor. What, what, do you got, what, what are you doing for Halloween? What do you got planned? You know what? I still haven't figured it out. It's it's really weird because as I've gotten older, like Halloween has kind of gotten less and less. I remember the a few years ago there was this movie that came out with Vin Diesel where he played like a witch hunter or something like that. Uh, my girlfriend and I went and saw that for Halloween, but that's like the last momentous thing I've I've done for Halloween. Kind of kind of saddens me. Yeah, I'm actually kind of excited. I, we we moved before I had lived in a high rise apartment, and uh, we've moved into a townhouse this year. So I think we're actually going to have kids that are trick or treating at our door, which is something that I haven't had for like years and years and years. So I've got some candy. I'm going to be one of those guys. Play some scary music and uh, pass out pass out candy to the kids we got this really pathetic spinning ghost on our porch it's not very scary at all actually but we have really cool zelda jack-o'-lantern so i mean there's that you should give uh the kids that recognize zelda jack-o'-lanterns extra candy i absolutely will and if somebody shows up to my door dressed as link or ganon or zelda they're gonna get the whole box hell yeah way to do it right and that's gonna do it for us for this week uh thank you for listening to the champions cast Head over to iTunes, head over to Podbean, like, subscribe, review, all of that good stuff. Make sure that you tune in next week. We are going to be going over in depth the results of Zelda Dungeons 2018 Best Zelda Ever list. There's going to be some stuff that we agree with, stuff that we disagree with. We're going to uh, we're going to talk about how the contest went. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to give our input and opinion into how we thought that went. So that's going to be next week. So until then, everybody, make sure you head over to Twitter. I am at Spateri316. He is at GIF underscore Bluehawk. That's going to do it for us for this week. 
Have a very spooky and spectacular Halloween, and we will catch you in November.